powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. It is my pleasure to announce the Montreal Canadiens on this fine Saturday night just got Sands, baby. What a what a weekend. That's not not a bad weekend. Like I know people are going to be like, "Well, the Habs suck," and like the Leafs or the Leafs, whatever. But hey, six two and a five nothing win against probably your two biggest rivals in the span of two nights. Listen, as as a Sens fan, uh, and as someone who you know is contractually obligated to watch a certain number of games, hosting this show, uh, I'm. I'm having a great time and I just I just want to be able to have more fun like that when possible. Hello everybody, welcome to Game Over Ottawa. Um the Ottawa Senators have uh just had one of their most fun wins of the season or helped the Montreal Canadiens uh get closer to achieving their goal depending on who you ask. Either way, uh, let's get a quick word from our sponsor here before we dive into this game. Think you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com sdpn. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. All right, so I am uh, I'm a bit more prepared than usual tonight. I got I got some notes, I got some notes, and some fun stats and all that. Um, I don't even know where to start. This game had a lot to talk about, frankly. I guess we'll start with the fact that Tyler Mott's back, um, and he looked like Tyler Mott. Tyler Mott was looking like Tyler Mott, I think, which is a good thing. Um, definitely having him and Joseph uh, back together on the PK is really nice. Um, I think both Mott and Joseph are guys that, you know, maybe on their own, you wouldn't necessarily be like that really pushes the needle in either direction, frankly, but you know, a, a PK with both of them versus a PK with neither of them, that's a big difference. And it's really nice to see, um, despite the fact that Joseph and Mott were both out for a bit there since PK was still, I believe 12th in the league heading into this game. So that's, you know, like that's a good sign that you know if, if anything it's just going to get better from here on out so tyler mott doing tyler mott things look pretty good on a couple pks there um and his first game back you know what i should do actually i, I i'm so sick of like ice time discourse but i do want to check and see how he did on his first game back here um tyler mott where are you 12 minutes so that's that's fair 40 seconds of shorthanded Time so maybe he was only on for one PK, but the one in that case the one PK that I, I I really noticed him on I guess was that one he was on so he looked really good for that at least. Um, don't mind the lower ice time, kind of easing him into it. F- totally fine by me. Um, so uh, let's put my hater cap on for a second here. About the I did this for the Leafs, I did it for the Sens. Um, in fairness to the Leafs, though, for last night's show with Mod, I said the Leafs jerseys are fucking terrible because they are those like next gen the the black one terrible jerseys. 
I don't know if I've said it on the record on the show, but the Sens reverse retros this year. I think I've had enough time to think about it, and they're just not good. I'm sorry if you like them. I just don't think they're good. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pull back on what I said about the Leafs a little bit and and just add into the fact that I think uh, that the Sens reverse retros suck. So it's not just I don't just hate things that rivals uh, do. On that note, though. Uh, the, uh, for, for all the Habs fans that are like, we don't care, uh, thanks for helping us get Bedard. There are a lot of Habs fans who are like, this game doesn't matter and we want to lose, who still find a way to be upset about the game result, I guess. Um, I saw a lot of Habs fans on Twitter complaining about penalties, uh, specifically a lack of, of penalties to Ottawa, but like, all right. Like, I mean, listen, we know, we know you being like, thanks for the loss. We're going to get Bedard now. Like it's coping. I'm a Sens fan. That's been my life the last five years. It's coping. I get it. Trust me. It's fine. Like it's, it's okay. It's okay that, that that's what it is, but just please stop pretending that's not what it actually is. Okay. It's coping and that's fine. Embrace it. Um, but the, the 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 complaints about the about officiating like is fair, but like it's on both sides. Like um, a lot of people saying that you know the Sens didn't get nearly enough penalties, yada yada, whatever. I mean, in the opening part of the the opening minute of the game, Debrinket gets a friggin' get Mike Mike Matheson gets his the butt end of his stick up in Debrinket's face, no call. And on top of that, you have Craig Simpson watching a replay of it. Saying essentially like, oh, yeah, tonight we got two veteran officials. You know what they're doing? Like, man, come on, shut up! Like, you're watching a butt end go straight to the face of someone. Like, you can call that high sticking interference, whatever you want to call it. It was a penalty. Like, flat out, that was a penalty. Um, towards the end of the game, in the third period, there, uh, Giroud takes a stick to the face, no call. Back into the Ottawa end after the no call, and then just it, it results in a sends penalty taken and yeah that was a penalty that the sentence took but it should never have gotten to that point Giroux should have had should have been calling a high sticking on Giroux there anyway um just wanted to say um Habs fans it's all right that you're coping it really is coming from a sense fan who you know was desperate for those lottery odds for about five years there I get it but just like can we just stop pretending it's not a coping thing thanks um Moving on, um, game number three for Ridley Gregg. Um, once again, dude looked great. I think he had that one assist there. Yeah, so through uh, through three games, he's got two assists, and, and he's looked so good, frankly, through it all. Like, I don't think... Uh, Grant, I did miss his first game, which is, from all accounts, his best. Um but yeah, I think I think you know you're three games in. You look this good. I think it's number. One, I mean, granted, I think so. A lot of the season, everyone was saying, Pierre, what are you doing? Call up the kids. Like everyone was so sick of that bottom six as a whole. At the very least, absolutely sick of that fourth line. So everyone's saying, call up Greg, call up Sokolov, just see what happens. Um, I don't think anyone expected really Greg to step into the second line and and fit just fine playing on the second line um it is pretty great that that's that that's a thing that can happen uh with him um i know we talked about this quite a bit in last night's show with mod um 
But the fact that, yeah, he's still, like, it's not a fluke. Like, you, you think first game can be a fluke. Two games to start a career looking really solid. That's probably less of a fluke, but maybe, listen, three games in, um, I, I'm, I'm convinced this this guy's an NHLer and he should never be sent back to the AHL. He should never play another AHL game again. Keep him up. Um, and that's not even just like a, like I was saying earlier, like everyone was, was demanding some, some of the kids be called up, bring up Greg, bring up Sokolov, just bring up whoever, bring up like Angus Crookshank. Let's have, let's have fun with it. Um, and I think a lot of that was, it stemmed from a frustration with the, uh, with the bottom six, or at least, like I said, the fourth line. And I think it was, I, I'm, I'm not even saying that, oh man, like Ridley Greg looks good compared to Austin Watson or, or, or looks good compared to Parker Kelly. No, he just looks good on the second line of an NHL team. Which is shocking. Um, not you know, not not like I don't, I don't want to make it sound like I'm singling. I'm like, man, it's shocking that Ridley Greg is good. What the fuck? I was expecting him to suck. No, it's just shocking that like another twenty year old can be this good right off the bat. Like that's that since first round in twenty twenty. I, I am shocked that we're just over two years since that because that was a late draft. Right? So I think that draft was in October. So we're just over two years from that very late twenty twenty draft. And those three first round picks are looking so good. Like Tim Stutzla looks like a like he's an all star level player at twenty years old. Like he is going to be. I, I can't even imagine what he's going to look like when he's twenty five. Like so so exciting to see his future in Ottawa, um, and locked up to what might be a top ten contract in the NHL. Frankly, it's an eight by eight that starts next year. Like they're paying him. Uh, like $65 million over the course, so including this year over nine seasons, like that's that's a sweetheart of a contract. And probably, like, we'll probably end up being a sweetheart of a contract. Um, and then, you know, you got a small, granted, small sample size of just over half a season with Jake Sanderson, but like, he looks legit, right? Like, can't say enough good things about Jake Sanderson. And then, obviously, an even smaller sample size with Rudy Gregg. We got only three games, but like, man, that first round in 2020 is looking like i mean we there were high expectations going into that obviously but the 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 result is looking maybe i i don't think any of us expected this to be to be the case where the sense walk away with three guys that look not only just like they belong but significantly above average through their first by by the age of 20 absolutely nuts um and then um Past that, I mean, everyone looked good. Uh, the Sens overall, the overall game for the Sens looked really solid. Um, obviously, five goals, so eleven goals in the last two games, two goals allowed. Um, I would definitely buy more into the performance against the Leafs and the performance against performance against the Habs. Granted, I mean, it's just you know, you beat a good team, then you beat a bad team, so obviously you're going to latch onto the things you saw in the win against the good team a little bit more, maybe, but. Um, I don't know. I've seen a lot of people being like, "Oh man, the Sens really put it together defensively tonight." Like, let's not let's not jump the gun and be like, "Oh, the defense is fixed because they beat the Habs and kept the Habs from scoring without Cole Caulfield." Like, it's the Habs without Cole Caulfield. Who the fuck is supposed to score any goals? So, I think we just gotta pace ourselves on that one. Um, couple of really good games here. Three game winning streak. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, if you win two, it's a streak. But the the rule is three is a streak. So. The Sens are officially on a winning streak, which is very nice to experience at this point in the season. Uh, I don't know if any of us expected that to happen. Um, 
Can they keep the streak alive, though, is the question, because they play the Habs again on Tuesday, and then it's the All-Star break, which, um, you know, I think a lot of Canadian fans of the Canadian teams are going to be enjoying that. Um, I think we could all use a break on certain, uh, as far as, you know, for different reasons, maybe. Some of us are just fed up with our teams, and then some of us just, you know, could really use... Like, their their heart could use a break. The The stress levels will hopefully go down for for a little bit there between us. So the Sens have between uh, February 1st and 10th off. So they their next two games are January 31st on Tuesday against the Habs again. Then their first game back is going to be February 11th against the Oilers. So... And that's going to be an afternoon. That's a 12.30 p.m. game. I love that for me because for anyone who doesn't know, I'm, I'm, in, uh, I'm in the U.K. right now. So all these games are starting at midnight for me. So I am thrilled with that. That's great. Um, anyway, all that to say, uh, Edmonton, Calgary, Islanders, Blackhawks, Blues are the first four games. Um five games I can count uh, following the All-Star break. So if they can keep that momentum going, beat the Habs again, go on a little bit of a run who knows we might just be doomed to have you know um to be to, we might just be doomed to have a mid to late 2000s leafs season where uh you know you're the best team not in the playoffs and so you get to pick uh you know like i don't know 15th overall every year and and, and miss the playoffs i don't know we'll see what happens i'm not bummed if the sens aren't in the lottery um, at the end of the year, honestly, I'm, I'll happily take a few more, a couple more months of just enjoyable hockey and just hope that they address defense next season. Um, what else is there to talk about for this game? Okay. Well, here, here, here's what I, here, I'll just go, I'll just go straight into what I really, really want to talk about. Um, also, so from the chat here. From uh from Joe, stupid Jack Eye's foot getting in the way of Greg's first NHL goal. Yes, agreed. Um, and on on the on the on the subject of Greg from Hamza in the chat, that Greg Giroux connection is looking good. Giroux is just adopting everyone on the Sands, all the young guys on the Sands. It's wonderful. Um, yeah, that 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 Greg Giroux is looking really nice. Um, that connection between the two of them. Um. I'm a little. I am a little bit bummed that that really Greg did miss out on um, on his goal, but also holy shit, Claude Giroux is playing out of his mind right now. Like, I I, I think you know, regardless of how years two and three go of that contract, I think without a doubt it has to go down as the best free agent signing in team history, probably. Because I mean, he's been so cons- like through. So he has. So Giroux has 13 points in 13 games in January and he's just like just continuing to be so so consistent all season long I believe now he's at uh 47 points in 49 games on the season um I said before the season began um not not really true anymore because of Norris being out but going into the season I said the Sens have six guys that could put up 70 points and if you take Norris out of that equation and you take their top five forwards, then it's still absolutely possible they have five guys with 70 points, which, I mean, that just goes to show how bad your defense is when you miss the playoffs with five different forwards putting up 70 points. But we'll, we'll see if that actually is the case. Um, it's definitely still possible. Um, so here's something I wanted to talk about tonight. So 
to answer my question from last night's show after the Sens-Leafs game, where the Sens took a too-many-men penalty on the tail end of that four-minute power play, um, I asked Maud if she thought that the Sens were, if not leading, at least close to leading the league in too-many-men penalties this season. And according to morehockeystats.com, I have the answer. Like I said, this is according to morehockeystats.com. It looked like looked like they, they knew what it was talking about. Um, so I'm going to trust it. Um, so according to morehockeystats.com, the Sens are tied with the Ducks for third place with uh, for too many men penalties this season uh, with eight. So eight puts them tied with Anaheim in third place. Minnesota has nine and Arizona has ten. So that puts the Sens on pace for 13 too many men penalties this season, which is bad. That's too many. When you went like 13, that's one every. I'm going to do some quick math here because that is just, I hate that 13. Um, whoops, that's not how you do it. 82. 13. So that's what? One every six games or so. That is that is way too much. A too many men penalty every six games? It's like six point six and a half games, whatever. Like, but a too many men penalty every six games. That is inexcusable. So I decided I'd better look into this. Because 13 sounds like a lot. Despite the fact that the Sens are, you know, two behind the Coyotes right now. And, and the Coyotes could, like, things could go even worse for the Coyotes. They could end up with, with more than 13. Like I said, it's only, it's, it, so the Sens don't have 13 at the end of the season, right? It's just their pace. So uh, that said, though, a 13 too many men penalties in one season pace feels like a lot. Um... So, I looked into it, uh, and so I went back with uh, uh, morehockeystats.com to see to see how like that that pace for thirteen would compare over the last few seasons, uh, specifically eight. I went back as far as twenty fifteen. Um, eight feels like a weird number for sure, uh, but the site worked in a way that involved a lot of clicking, and I just like I ran out of time. I was looking at this between periods, I was looking at it during the intermission, so I just kind of ran out of time. By the time I got to twenty fifteen, anyway. So, um, <laughs> so going back to 2015, uh, so 13 would not be the most too many men penalties in the season since then. The most is 16, 16 too many men penalties in one season. And, uh, the tie, it's a tie. So two teams have done that. And the tie is between the 2019, 2020 Ottawa senators also coached by DJ Smith. So that's... That is a little bit concerning, huh? That, um... Anyway, anyway. The other team to have had 16 too many men penalties in one season is the 2016-17 Ottawa Senators coached by Guy Boucher. So, the Sens are the only teams, those two, those two Ottawa Senators, so the Sens are the only team to have 16 or more too many men penalties 
in a season since 2015. So one one of those teams wasn't DJ, but it is a little bit weird that one of them is DJ as well. So I don't remember the exact number. I think I think the Sens had had eleven last season, which put them near the top of the league as well. So DJ, I don't know. Because I, 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 I when it comes to DJ, like I want to say it's a correlation between you know, boneheaded penalties in teams that suck, right? Like, your top-tier teams aren't going to be fucking up line changes that often. But the fact that the Sens also were at the top in 16-17 when they had their best team, what, since, I would say, 2007, frankly? Maybe 2008? 2008 had that rough... We don't want to talk about the 2008 playoffs, but I'm, like, just on paper, like... If you take the best team that the Sens have had from 2023 going back to 2009, we'll say. We'll exclude that 08 team. The best team the Sens had was probably that 16-17 team. So, like, is it more of a coaching issue? Is it more of the fact that, like, the team probably sucks most of the time that they have? Because, like, like, I guess Minnesota is the outlier. Because if the top four teams that lead the league in too many men penalties this year being... Uh, Anaheim, Ottawa, Minnesota, and Arizona. Like three out of four suck. Like that has to be a that that's got to be a pattern of some kind, right? You'd think. Anyway, uh, I just thought that was really interesting. Um, the fact that you know we're complaining about a lot of unnecessary and and frankly just boneheaded too many men penalties for the Sens this season, and it's the Sens who have hide themselves for the most too many men penalties since 2015 and like I said that was just that's just as long as I had to go back looking for stats I don't know how long you have to go back to beat 16 Uh, in those years I looked back I couldn't find anyone at 15 so like at the very least they beat everyone those two sense teams with 16 beat every team I looked at by at least two the highest I saw though that was 14 heading back that far anyway so um, I don't know how far, how much further back you have to go to find someone to beat 16, but uh, at the very least, the Sens are in a class of their own over the past not quite decade as far as uh, taking too many men penalties with two different coaches, which is which kind of you know throws a wrench in my whole like DJ Smith doesn't know how to line change f- properly, so I don't know. Um, I don't know what to, I honestly don't know what my main takeaway from that is. I think, I think the main takeaway should be that that's really fucking weird. Um, and that I still think DJ Smith needs to be replaced. So, uh, Hey Bruce, if Bruce Boudreaux, if you're watching, uh, swing on by Ottawa, I think, I think you'll like it here. Um, so yeah, big, big five, nothing win. Um, Like, I so so I'm I'm having the same thing go through my head right now as if I if I'm specifying this this feeling of deja vu, it this is exactly how I felt following the two Ducks games, uh both both wins against the Ducks this season because in my head I went okay, don't do it 
don't don't feel too good about this team because you beat the Ducks. You know what I mean? Like, don't be like, things are turning around. And I'm having the same thing now with this win against the Habs. Um, the Habs are terrible. They're missing far and away their best player as far as I'm concerned. I know there's, like, some debate between Caulfield and Suzuki. Caulfield is a monster uh, to the point where, like, I wouldn't hate owning a Habs jersey if it was a Caulfield jersey. So, all that to say, I don't think you can look into this one all that much. Um and really try and pull out too many positives outside of tonight specifically. Like I can be like, okay, so so positives for tonight specifically. Uh, Matthew Joseph's empty net goal rules. I hope he looks into a, a pool, a professional pool career following his uh, retirement from hockey because that bank shot was gorgeous. Um, I love Derek Broussard's hater energy, um, finding a way to uh, score on Toronto and Montreal back to back nights. Um, that, that image of him, um, I, I can't remember what game it was. I think it was in the New York series. I want to say it was in the, it was in the series against the Rangers in 2017, where he was one of the three stars and coming off the ice, he's like holding up the Sens logo. And, and, and that photo there is, is one of my favorites, frankly, I've ever seen, um, as far as like photos of Ottawa Senators and games goes. And I don't know. I always, I always felt like Derek Broussard loved being an Ottawa Senator as short as his tenure here was in the grand scheme of things. Um, so you know, seeing him have find so much success against Toronto, especially Toronto, but 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 seeing him play so well against Toronto and Montreal is is a lot of fun uh, for Sens fans. Oh, you know what? I'm putting my I'm gonna you know I'm gonna put my hater cap back on just to end this this episode because it is wild to me how many Habs fans are out there are, are out there say like and granted like I get it to an extent where it's it's the whole like um it's what it's like that that meme from Avengers where it's like you took everything from me I don't even know who you are like Habs fans are trying so hard to act like they don't care about the Ottawa Senators and that this and maybe maybe they don't and that's fair like I think a lot of Habs fans and Leafs fans have the same thing where like their fan base is so friggin huge and they just live somewhere where all they hear is Habs stuff is Leaf stuff like I get it like. When you're fed that much, when you're when you're fed that much info about your own team, and and and, and you kind of you kind of put the blinders on and you stop thinking about anyone else. And when Habs fans are like the only rivalries that we have are Boston and Toronto. Like, first of all, yes, those are definitely the biggest ones as far as history goes, without a doubt. What one hundred percent, you're correct. But to act like there's no rivalry between the Sens and Habs is absolutely fucking wild to me. Like, honestly, in my opinion, all it takes is two big playoff series in the span of just a few years, and that's exactly what it was. Like, and I know, like, it's been a, it's a while ago now. So, the Sens played the Habs in the playoffs in 2013 and 2015. Sens won in 2013. Habs won in 2015. Even split. Wonderful. Those were some of the best playoff games I had the pleasure of watching as a Sens fan in my lifetime. And um, while I haven't watched that many recently, I grew up watching a lot of Sens playoff games. Uh, Absolutely, completely lucky in that regard. Um, So when Habs fans are like, the Sens aren't a rival team, 
if 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 you're going about it like, well, the Sens suck and the Habs suck, so like, there's no point having a rivalry. Sure, I I kind of get that, like, but also like, fuck that. Like the the Sens and the Leafs have had a rivalry for for the entire time the Sens have existed, and very rarely have both teams been good. Most of the time, the Sens or the Leafs suck. At least you know in the 2000s, early 2000s. Let's let's take it easy. Um, but from about 2005 onwards, other than 2016, other than the 2016-2017 season where both teams were in the playoffs, one of the Sens or Leafs have sucked. So and and managed to keep that rivalry very very strong. I, I both look forward and dr- look forward to and dread every single time the Sens play the Leafs. Um, maybe not to the same extent as when the Sens play the Habs. So, like, that's, I guess that furthers your point. I'm just saying, I think it's ridiculous that Habs fans can be like, the Sens and Habs don't have a rivalry. They absolutely do, 100%. And yes, it's been, you know, a decade now since that first playoff series in 2013, and and, and we're we're eight years from that second one. And maybe there are, like, there's a whole new generation of fans coming in. But if you're you're 20 years old or older and you, you absolutely remember those playoff series, like, come on, you have to admit that there's some rivalry. Like, you can't be, like, these two teams, it's so, str- like, I'm stuck on this now. The the fact that people are like, there's no there's no rivalry there, I, I can't, I can't understand it. Like, sure, that's why the Toronto Blue Jays and Texas Rangers have absolutely no rivalry, and, and, and those two fan bases love each other. No, they played each other in the playoffs twice in 15 and 16, and and it created enemies for life. As far as I'm concerned, two two playoff series, like one, you're like, all right, there's like some beef there, right? But like when there's two playoff series between two teams, I don't know. For me, that that fuels at least a decade plus. And I, I mean, now we're, up, we're 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 hitting right into into plus here. Honestly, I feel like two good playoff series in the span of I would say four to five years, one hundred percent should create a rivalry for the next ten to fifteen. I would say I would say at least I would say ten years, uh, like like using the Blue Jays Texas Rangers example. I would say ten years, but when you're in the same division like the Sens and Habs are, like that should last a while. And I know like nobody is left from either one of those teams. I don't think anyone was left on Ottawa by. Four or five years later, frankly, but and and maybe and and I know and I know Habs fans are gonna be like, oh look at this guy, uh, you know, like wanting to be noticed by the Habs so badly. Like no, that's not it. Like just like I'm all for rivalries. I just don't want these rivalries to have like it. Rivalries are no fun when when ha- when when a good half of the of the fan base of the opposing team is acting like there's no rivalry and the game doesn't matter and Sens fans are just babies dying to dying to get some attention. So all that all that to say, uh there's one hundred percent is still an Ottawa Montreal rivalry and uh I I do enjoy these games quite a bit. I just kinda sorry about that folks. I uh I, I kinda spun around in circles on that topic. Um from uh, 
from Delta Go in the chat. A couple things here. Broussard is just increasing his trade value from a fifth to a fourth, 100%. And like I said, I think he, I think he loves being an Ottawa Senator, and it's going to be really sad when the Sens trade him a second time. Um, and then uh, Jack I alone will cause a rivalry between Ottawa and Montreal. I listen. We'll, 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 we'll end the show with this. I am so, so excited for the day that both the Sens and Habs are back in the playoffs. I want to I want to experience the equivalent of that that 13 and 15 playoff series between the Habs and Sens, but now with Suzuki and Caulfield and Jack Eye versus I just listen, Habs fan or not. You gotta, you you have to be with me when you when you when you picture playoff game Brady Kachuk, how just fucking chaotic that's going to be. Like that's going to be so fun. Like even like maybe not as a Habs fan against the Sens, maybe, but just hockey fans in general. We want to see playoff Brady Kachuk. We want to see play. I want to see. I'm three games in. I want to see playoff really Greg, frankly. Um... Anyway, all that to say, I think we got to stop being gatekeepy about rivalries and just enjoy rival. The Sens Habs would have a fucking rivalry, in division rivalry, without the playoffs. I'm going. I'm. Uh, I'm leaning too hard into this. I should just call it. I'm, I'm, I could sit here and just say the same thing over and over again for the next ten minutes. So I think I'm just going to call it here, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, really appreciate it. Always appreciate the uh, the fine people in the chat. Uh, interacting with the show while it's live and hey if you're listening to this uh after the fact on spotify or or itunes or wherever it is that you enjoy uh consuming your podcast feel free to tune in live after games on youtube if you have the chance uh it's a lot of fun we have a great community going and uh yeah thanks again for tuning in everybody and we will see you next time and uh just for funsies let me hit the button one more time gotta love that All right, folks, thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook.